This is winging it, the somewhat whimsical, certainly worrying, decidedly wonky, seldom weighty, endlessly well-intentioned, and wildly witty show about music where one knows what's coming and the other doesn't. Now, this particular show happens in between both proper to ensure you can spend anywhere from 15 to 180 minutes with us every week. That seems like a lot, but I think it's maybe it's the perfect amount. Yes, absolutely. It's... it's it's a completely different kind of show. It is. Because it is, for one, if you've ever wondered to yourself, is there a show you can't really fuck up? The totally unprepared and aptly titled Winging It. Oh, by the way, about what she said in the intro, the editorializing bit about how wildly witty and everything, that is, of course, completely subjective. But <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's, it's factual. It's, it's, it's stone cold. It's fact. a fact. Yeah. Yes, it's established scientifically yeah. factual. I've, I've, not only have I done polls, but I've done double blind studies. So I know it's actual and factual. Today, I've decided we're going to be talking about times that rock and metal tour lineups made no damn sense. There are some head scratches out there. It's like, what the hell are they doing playing with them? You know, that's the one thing I think when you're on tour. I get that sometimes you mix it up, right? You got a little bit of something where you're like, oh, that's interesting. But there's still some sort of a nod. There's still some sort of a tie-in. In this case, I'm like... Um, no. Mm-mm. Like so Queen Latifah opening for Bowie. What the hell? You're Just like, what? Ooh. That's too much of a stretch. I'm not me. sure. Yeah, I don't yeah. get that one. That one I don't... Ah. Yeah. So I think this one is going to be a head scratcher for you. This is the Ramones that opened for Toto. <laughs> what in the fuck are you thinking? Are you kidding me? Happened in 1979 when Joey Ramone and company were hot off the heels of releasing their fourth LP... Road to Ruin. And uh, the Ramones tour manager, Monty Melnick, remarked that uh, Toto's crowd were so laid back that by the time they worked out what was going on, the Ramones had played their set and were off. Here's the thing. When you're opening for somebody, the whole reason you do it is so that you get exposure to their crowd because then you get to take their crowd as your own, hopefully, right? Yeah. So if I'm the Ramones, I'm not getting shit. These people are like, you know, this is Yacht Rock. Well, it's Yacht Rock, and I'm sure there's a lot of crossover fans like, I love both of those two. Me too, but... Um, but do they belong together? I don't get it, really. I mean... I don't get it. Beat on the brat with a baseball bat, and I, uh, I felt the rain down in Africa. Yeah, I'm I mean, sorry. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no. Here's the thing. Unlikely. Of, let's call it unlikely. Well, I don't know if I call it... I, th- I think it's just a bad idea, yeah. because think of... That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Although they got a lot of crossover fans, you don't go out to woo fans playing to a crowd nothing like you. you know? Well, that's the thing. I think, you know, you could get crossover yeah you could have people who like them but there's really no tie between those two no it'd be pure pure chance yeah it's pure chance if you got like, that you know uh metal till death uh, nothing but metal you know right. stuff you got that crowd and you don't want to play toter to them vice versa <laughs> right it just doesn't make any sense what about you two and rage against the machine so 1997 Pop Mart Tour paired soft rock band. Now, I don't know how I would call them soft rock, but they're more chill. They're not yacht rock. I don't know if they'd call them soft rock. I call them punk rock light, yeah. if you will. They paired them with rap metalers Rage Against the Machine. Now, they don't match up, obviously, genre-wise. The only tie that I'm seeing there, and let me know if I'm missing it, yeah. is a political tie. There's some po- politics that maybe they share, some anger they share, but... That doesn't mean you're going to fan share. You would not assume that uh, U2's fans would necessarily embrace you. I agree. If the goal is always fan sharing, that's what you do. Like even today, the show we played, everybody on there was rock or punk or punk rock. Now, 
Iron Maiden and Fear Factory. So this happened, this little bizarre pairing, September 1995 and September 1996. So Iron Maiden was promoting their 10th LP, The X Factor, as well as Psycho Motel. They opened a number of shows in what, again, as people say, did not feel like a natural billing. Just because one band is hard and the other band is hard does not make them a match. I guess sometimes people think it does, but this is industrial metal versus classic metal. So to me, they don't really match. So for me, I don't get it. Now, is it as weird as like Toto and the Ramones? No, but it that, still doesn't work. That's a hard one to beat, the Toto it, and the Ramones it is one. It's a hard one to yeah, beat. It really is. Well, we could have Iron Maiden and Hall and Oates. I like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's, I'm sure there's crossover with Iron Maiden and Fear Factory. I almost said Factor, sure. you know. Yeah. Fear Factory. But uh, that's like, if you want to be bludgeoned, these are the guys that will bludgeon you. Uh, <laughs> it's it's like, uh, who did I compare? Pantera. Pantera. It's like, rah, rah, bang, bang, bang. And uh, if that's what you're into, they do it, and they do it well. And um, it's just, uh, Iron Maiden is a different kind of metal altogether. Agreed. It's like this operatic, theatrical, uh, pro- almost progressive, uh, guitar-centered. It's, it's nothing at all. Lots of riffs, lots of solos. Different metal all altogether, east and west. Agreed. Closer, but still no cigar, as they'd say. So what about the jam and Blue Oyster Cult? What? Yeah, the what? jam is Yes, right? Is this incredible? The uh the jam is like this really cool Brit pop, you know. Yeah. Uh and it's it's really nice and it one song that's stuck in my head forever, A Town Called Malice. And um, I admit, I don't know a lot of their stuff, but they, they're actually a very good band. But it's what? Blue Oyster Cult, nothing. I, I am a huge Blue Oyster Cult fan. I have all their albums. I'm going to see them uh, next week, in fact. Um, well, and, this will have passed. Yeah. This, oh, yeah. I already saw them, unless, <laughs> I mean, barring any unforeseen, <laughs> I saw Blue Oyster Cult. That's right. But um, it's entirely different. It's, it is also dark. It's theatrical. Right. It's kind of campy, it's kind of, it's proggy, it's all over the place. So what you're saying is we should have had Iron Maiden and Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, you, you'd you get a lot more. Yeah, that one. Right, uh, that makes uh, more the, sense. The criteria, like a search criteria, <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> right. actually lines up quite, a, it's a more e-harmony. You know? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so this happened in 1978. Wow. So there's really no excuses. You probably would be better served to have the jam with. Let's think of who they could be with. The jam and the Clash. You know? <gasps> Ooh, yeah. that would have. Been, ooh, well played. That would have been I nice. I think they might have. Maybe I just. I'm just pulling that out of the archives. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have a really weird one for you right now. Are you ready? This yeah. is maybe our last one that we talk about, just because there weren't that many, and we've hit the best ones. But then I'd like to do a little challenge at the end. Uh-huh. Ooh, I know. Def Leppard and. The Human League. What? What in the ever-loving no. fuck are you thinking about? Wow. So we have synth pop and glam metal. What? Yeah, right? What the fuck? That I doesn't mean, make sense. I'm sorry. Completely different vibes. They'll end up on the same radio station, but on the same stage is a mistake. It doesn't really make is, any yeah. sense. This was, again, also 1978. 1978, a bad year for pairings. Uh, and also a good year. I was going to briefly mention the 70s, having been around and had mm. first-hand experience of the Stone Age like that, <laughs> uh, that there were some very hot pairings and some that just made you scratch your, your head like these. Yeah, they're yeah. very strange. So let's look at better, ill-advised, ill-advised in, in 
every capacity. So let's misbegotten. Yeah. Oh, oh, very well said. What about the Human League? Who would we pair them with? Other synth pop? Oh, Thompson Twins or Heaven Only Knows. But what yeah. about Eurythmics? Eurythmics, yeah, that would exactly. be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, but Def Leppard? No, don't do that. And uh, Def Leppard and Iron Maiden. Okay, yeah. that's another story. That's different. Even though, even though they're poppier, but right, still, but yeah. still, it makes more sense. Yeah, glam pop. There's sort of sort of a crossover there, which yeah. I get. Um, I would put Toto with, say, Asia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes there you sense. Go. There you go. That's a good pairing. Bunch of Ace Studio guys. Right. You know, with, Do your thing. Yep. And they Rage. They have great pop songs in them. Who would we put Rage with? If you and I were concert promoters and we were going to make a million dollars coming up with a brilliant pairing, Rage Maybe, maybe Pantera on that one. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Let's drag Pantera back into it. <laughs> All right. Well, we will uh, we'll see if anybody wants to disagree Fear with fa- us. Fear Factory. <laughs> <laughs> and who would we pair you two with? Hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, that's one of those bands that doesn't do opening acts terribly well. Well, I will say the two that I've seen open for them, I fell in love with both of them. One was the Sugar Cubes, which is Bjork. Oh, And the oh. second one was No Doubt. No way. So they were their Those opening acts. Ones. And I yeah. thought they were good because there's a pop sensibility. There's a little rock. Always watch the opening act. You know. Well, I mean, no. I, I, I don't. I, I, I mean, don't. if you go to like a big, not to like the Doll Hut or anything, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but um, if you go to like a big place and everything and there's two acts, two, the opening band playing that you don't know and you're playing with somebody you went to see, they are definitely worth watching because they turn out to be like uh, my first concert, Black Sabbath. Who was the opening act? Aerosmith. Uh, that's someone you that want to pay a good attention one. to. Yeah. That was a good one. Oh, well, that happened a lot. Yeah. What happened? So when we saw U2's... Um the tour, the Joshua Tree anniversary tour, the Lumineers opened up for them, and I was like, um, mm-mm. yeah, people I don't get have, it. Yeah, people have strange associations themselves that don't make that just don't make sense to the audience. Yeah, I was, you know, I mean, the audience was like, oh, okay, but most of them were like getting shirts and getting drinks and getting food, and that's what was happening. <laughs> I've actually done that recently, strangely <laughs> enough. You know? There was a, we were like. Uh, I mean, the Lumineers are a great band. They're very good for what they do, but opening for, I didn't get it. It didn't, I wasn't in, I have I listened to them since? No. Yeah. And that was five years ago, six years ago. So I don't know. But anyway, that's just me. I thought it was a strange choice. So, so who would we pair the monkeys with? Hmm. Gee. Hmm. Another, another, uh, <laughs> today you would pair the monkeys with One Direction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ouch. Ouch. The monkeys are hurting in there. Um, oh, man. Let's see. Monkeys and... Um, hmm. Like the the Osmonds or the Cow Sills or somebody oh, like that. No, well played. Very, very nice. Okay, good. Well, those were some really weird ones. I think very strange, but, uh, you know, I just say if you're going to create a show and you have an opening act... You should probably have a complimentary opening act that can actually absorb some of that fan base. Because I will tell you, we get all these notifications all the time. Hey, looking for a rock band to open for hip hop. No, no, wait a minute. They're going to throw stuff at me. They're like, that's not what I want. I want to hear hip hop. So maybe you have something, you know, a hip hoppy opening or... You know, something like that, not a rock band or or an acoustic band, because it just doesn't make yeah, any sense. Even though Bowie gets like all world and everything, world music and stuff at yes. times, it's still him and Queen Latifah, that just doesn't mesh in my mind. If the crowd that is there to see the headliner is not going to like the opening act, 
please spare them. <laughs> please find a complimentary opening act or maybe just skip the opening act altogether and have the band play another half hour or an hour. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I've seen a number of bands without opening acts. Yeah. Queen, Queen, Led Zeppelin, no opening act. Do they need them? Yeah. Do they need them? Yeah. You know, and now U2 does not have any except for like when they did that other tour. I had they hadn't I hadn't seen any opening acts for a long time, but I've been to too many U2 concerts as well. That's it. That's all you get. That's it. That's all you get. Well, that is all I have. Do you have anything as uh, as we exit stage left? Well, the as I was saying about the 70s, there were some pairings that did make sense Talk that to would me. never end up on this list. For example, I think, to me, I like both Black Sabbath and Van Halen together. Oh, interesting. That, they toured together. That was not, it's not speculation that happened. Mm. I had a ticket and I actually was talked out of it. But I regret that. What? I, yeah, I was like... Uh, I, for some reason, I, I ended up selling my ticket to somebody. It was ridiculous. How did you get talked out of it? I don't know. I, I wonder I what was the... lying. I was half asleep. I was somebody. Uh, was like, yeah, I was see fully, that I they preyed on you when you're in your twilight stage. I was in twilight. Exactly. I was. Uh, they. I was vulnerable. I was vulnerable. Brutal. Yeah. There were ones like uh, strange ones, but exciting ones. Like the tubes opened for Led Zeppelin. I mean, that's. And- Interesting. Okay, interesting. Because they're kind of glam rock, glam, and, but a lot of pop too. And uh, it's a, it's a strange pairing, but it's this one I think just goes too jarringly. Uh, I I love them both, but ACDC opening for Rush. Oh uh, no! I mean they're heavy, but Rush is progressive, and ACDC is like three chords. I'm sorry if you if if I went to go see Rush and you had that, I'd be like, why would you have this piece of shit band open for this brilliant band? It's like you know what I mean, like it. They they pale in comparison. Like you're you're having these masters of their craft, and you have these like cute little oh, aren't they sweet? Trying to play rock and roll. This this was back in the day, kids. There was no <laughs> Spotify. There was no YouTube. You I uh, I had reading been reading about another one of those cases. I'd been reading about this band ACDC, looking at pictures of them. Nobody was really playing them, so I did not hear any of their music until they opened for Rush that I went to see in the Poughkeepsie, New York, and. I really loved them. I thought they were great. I mean, I didn't exactly internalize that they only did songs with three or four chords ever, and they all sounded the same kind of. But I just, I just loved hearing them. Mm. But uh, that was a strange one. Maybe you have a very weird ear because yeah. I, I, if I was, I was there in a good sit, mood, you know. I was going to say, of, I was feeling receptive. You know? I, apparently, I would have been like, "What is this piece of shit band opening for this amazing uh, I, band?" I had an open mind. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that maybe you had a few drinks in you, but I know you don't drink, so uh, there's no, no excuse. You were just open. I might have been a little high. All right. Know. Okay. A little high. That's fine. Fair enough. So very interesting. Okay. Any other ones? Because those are good. Uh, well, I did see some billings. I mean, Talk I, to me. What Boston, else? Boston and a fellow, uh, an ex-lead singer of a band called Montrose opened, Mr. Sammy Hagar opened for Boston. That was pretty incredible. Uh, I'm he, scratching my head on that one. I'm not sure. Sammy's a hard rocker, and you got the yacht rock. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, well, Boston is pretty hard, but it's an entirely smoother sound vocally. I do speaking. not see hard in Boston. That's hilarious. It's uh, super sweet, though. Uh, well, I, I'm, for some reason, foreplay that one that one introduction to Long Time is way okay. I get heavy. that. It's yeah. heavy. That, but they're. It's pop. It's hard pop. It's uh, it's quite a ha- it's quite a trick. It's not to yacht be able rock. To go- it's make not guitar centered hard rock like that and still make it so accessible like the fucking Eagles. I mean, that is quite a trick. Hmm. But okay, uh, fair enough. Sammy Hagar and uh, he did the set on the uh, the set he did was on the live album all night long. Excellent. And um, I saw a foreigner and 
Mr. Nick Gilder opened for them, and I can totally see I that. I can see pairing. that. Yeah, that makes sense. That one made sense, and it was great. That would be good. Oh, Nick Gilder. Oh, who did I see together? It was oh, uh, Jethro Tull and Uriah Heep opened. And oh, I that's can, amazing. Yeah, I can see that. You know? That makes sense to yeah, me. Yeah. I can see that. That's that went together quite well. Yeah, that's you know? nice. Wow, those are some great pairings. Yeah. Okay, so 1978. Benefits of being a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> 78 was a bad year for pairing, but not all of the 70s had issues. Apparently, they did the right thing sometimes. And all we're saying is, do the right thing now. I, I barely missed seeing Cheap Trick opening for Kiss. Now, I know you may roll your eyes at oh, that. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Cheap Trick was not around at that particular time at the Garden. And so I won't be, I will have never seen them in my life until next week. Same night as Blue Oyster Cult. Okay, well, that makes more sense to me than Kiss. Cheap Chicken Blue Oyster Cult makes sense? More more sense than Kiss. I mean, doesn't make sense, but more sense than Kiss. Yeah, it's an odd, it's an odd pairing, so, I mean, a very fortunate one for me. Yes, know? I mean, if I have to, if you ask me to pick, I'd say, can we just, can we pick some other peeps to yeah. go with them? But I don't have that option. <laughs> but you will have enjoyed that show, and you will be able to share on future birds, uh, that would be amazing. I hope it's one to crow about. I hope, yeah. I mean, if it's not one to crow about, maybe it's one to know about, and then we can just tell them about how right. shitty it was. Yep. But uh, they are older, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Well, that's all I have. I hope that you, David, enjoyed this little moment where we talked about odd pairings and you shared some amazing pairings. Uh, so now, that only leaves for you to say... <laughs> what? I'll show you in a second. Here, here. <laughs> okay, that only leaves for me to say, let's fly this coop. This has been Birds of a Feather on What the Flock Radio.